All right, we are back to podcast. Hope everyone's had a good uh, day, good week in the Lord so far, and um, we're so very thankful uh, for His goodness and grace and mercy, and uh, for the services on Sunday. I praise the Lord for. Um, I they did reschedule uh, Miss Patty's surgery for all those that were praying for her. I uh, spoke with her yesterday, uh, and she she just she reached out to let me know uh, about the rescheduling, and uh, we, we're continuing to pray for her. All right. Uh, also, pray for the Drys who will be uh, traveling this weekend, taking Samuel uh, up to Cedar Point. Samuel loves uh, theme parks, and uh, I'm I'm so excited and happy for them and him. Uh, for getting to go up there and have a good time and they're going up to Cedar Point in Ohio and so do pray that God give them traveling mercies and that's just that's an awesome thing and uh, thankful that they're, they're able to get to go I want you to look in Matthew 5 for me Matthew chapter number 5 look in verse number 22 this is a great account it's it's a miracle within a miracle two miracles in one but I see something a little more in depth here than imagine saying that uh, more in depth than a miracle. Uh, but there is there is obviously a great miracle that that occurs. Jesus is, Jesus accomplishes. I never use the word perform because he never performed anything. He he accomplished nothing. He did was for performance. There was always purpose behind it. But. There's something that that's uh, a little bit deeper uh, in terms of prophecy and uh, in what will will happen uh, even in the future and how God deals with mankind. And um, so let's look, and uh, it, it deals with a dispensational issue, and a dispensational issue or dispensations is time periods in which God dealt with man and how he dealt with man in particular time periods. And so understanding that, um, we got we see that here as well. And I preached I preached about it actually with within the past year. Uh, and so this will be a reminder for some of you. But let's look. And behold there cometh one, verse twenty two of Mark 5, Behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And so here comes a man of the synagogue. So he, obviously he's a Jew. He, he holds a position within the synagogue. And so he, is, he represents the Jewish religion. And the Bible says he came and he fell. When he saw him, he fell at his feet. So he comes to worship him. But there's there's a there's a reason behind his worship. Reason behind he, why he's worshiping in him. Obviously, he is worshiping Jesus as being God, being a prophet, being someone uh, to, uh, to being someone that can can help the situation. Um, and so as he goes to him, the Bible says he besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed and she shall live. So he is under a burden for his daughter. His daughter is, is sick. 
to the degree that she uh, lies at the point of death. And um, it's, a, it's a terrible situation. And the Bible says um, he wants Jesus, he requests, he prays and asks that Jesus, if he would come and heal his daughter. So as he does so, Jesus went with him. So Jesus complies to the request. Jesus goes along and and um, he, he helps this man. And as he, he goes to do so, I want you to notice what begins to play, take place. Look with me here in verse number 25. 25. Let me get there. Verse number 25. And Jesus went with him, verse 24, and followed him, and, throng, and and many people followed him and thronged him. Now watch. And Jesus, uh, or verse 25, and a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years. Now, here's a woman on the scene. Jesus is on his way to heal and touch Jairus' daughter through his miracle work and power, as, as Jairus has requested. He's on his way there, and as he's on his way there in compliance to the request that Jairus is making on behalf of his daughter, a woman who has an issue of blood. Now, this woman at this particular time is, she's not a Jew. Well, she may be a Jew. Let me, let me, let me rephrase that. Um, but here, here's the thing, whether she is or whether she isn't, because of what is going on with her, the issue of the blood. Now, this would be um, this would be a, a menstrual situation. She has some type of problem. She continues to bleed. Okay, she continues to have this issue and this problem. Now, what's happened is this this sickness that this woman has has excluded her from services in the synagogue and it separated her from her friends that would be accordance to Leviticus 15 25 through 31 and so it's a picture of what sin does is it it's an issue that separates us from fellowship it's an issue that separates us from worship and Jesus is is complying to someone else's prayer request in this situation However, she's got a problem. And the Bible says, verse 26, And it suffered many things and many physicians, and it spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind, and she touched his garment. For she said, If I may but touch his gaunt clothes, I shall be made whole. Uh, there was a, a belief among the Jews that when the Messiah would come, so she is a Jew, uh, but when the Messiah would come, that he he would be he would be so powerful, so omnipotent, so full of ability that he that you could touch his clothes, and and there would be miracle working power in it. And the Bible says here, uh, verse number twenty five, Jesus, verse number twenty seven, when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press, touched his garment. For she said, If I may but touch his clothes, I shall be made whole. And as she does, straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. Now, a lot of folks have taught this in error 
the hem thinking that it would be at the very base. Well, it, the way it would almost be like a shawl. The outer garment that he wore would be like a shawl. So the hem would, wouldn't necessarily be all the way at his feet, but it would be at the extremity. So, it, and what that represents is the power and the ability that is there. And so we, we see here, even in the extreme situations, uh, for if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be made whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the plague. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him. Virtue is moral excellence, as we define it. Um, the, as this was defined uh, from the Greek, uh, the word used would be more akin to power. And uh, the power had gone out of him, the miracle working power. He was so full of grace and truth and mercy that he was on his way to heal someone else. And a woman just simply touched his clothes. And when she touched his clothes, power came out of him into her in healing. Now, this is demonstrative of faith. This is demonstrative of faith. Okay? This is beautiful. Now, watch this. Verse number 30. Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? Now, he's on his way to touch someone else. Even though the crowd of people swarmed around Jesus, our Lord knew that someone touched him with a purpose. He could have allowed the woman to depart unnoticed, but she would have missed the blessing that he could have given her. And so he desires what, what, he, what his desire is, is us to act on faith. And she didn't even touch him. She just touched his clothes. And he's so full of grace, mercy, and truth. He knew that the woman was acting on faith. There you go. Faith cometh, or our faith in our works and the faith that equates our works. And so she had enough faith to act upon that faith. And when she did, Jesus responded with the affirmative power came out of him because he's so full of grace, mercy, and truth. And when the power came out of him, watch this. Verse 29, straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. Verse 31, and his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. So it was based on her faith. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Now, that that gives credence and, and lending doctrine and, and application to what Jesus is saying, or, or that to what Romans is teaching us, concerning the confession of the mouth. With the mouth, man confesseth, with the heart he believeth unto righteousness. Okay? So confessing thy mouth, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now what verse 35? While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? So now... 
we've got this other situation. This other situation, this daughter that had been dead or been sick, the whole reason that he came initially, she's now died. And someone comes out of out of J. Iris's house and says, Look, she's dead. Why why even call on him now? Why bring him in here now? This is so good. Verse 36, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. So he tells him, first of all, to don't be afraid. Again, Jesus always reiterates us not to be afraid. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of Jesus. Or Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the tumult. So they they were hired mourners. They they people hey, like they they were literally hired to come in and cry at funerals and when the passing of individuals. And so the question is here: uh, this tumult and that they that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he saith unto him, Why make ye this ado? And we, the damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn, but when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entereth in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha Kumai, which is being interpreted, Damsel, I say unto thee, Arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years. And they were astonished with a great astonishment, and he charged them straightly that no man should know it, and commanded that something that something should be given her to eat. Um, so, verse 39, he, she sleepeth. Jesus spoke of sleep in this instance, not because of Jairus' daughter had suffered a physical death, but her soul was alive through him, the Prince of Life. Jesus is about to give uh, take possession of her body again and give her life, and uh, she would awake as if she had been sleeping. Verse 41, he uses the word Talitha Kumai, and it means a little maid. Arise, uh, as if he was saying, arise, little lamb. Now, I want you to look at, we said all of that, two great miracles within a miracle. That's wonderful, that's powerful, that's great, that's who the Lord is, that's how the Lord works, that's how he does things. It shows his love, it shows his grace, it shows his power, it shows his ability, okay? It shows all of these things. Now, having said that, having said that, let's look at this. Understanding that, let's look at this. Understanding that he's full of grace, mercy, truth, love, the dispensation of grace. Let's look at something. This story starts with Jesus going to a ruler of the synagogue's house. This man, Jairus, was a ruler of the synagogue. He was... uh, Jewelry, the Jewish faith, a representative of it is as staunchly as you could represent it. Represent it. 
He is a ruler. He is a, he holds a very high office in the synagogue. And as he's on his way to his house, immediately, seemingly out of nowhere, Jesus does something completely in in surprise. He does something completely, ladies and gentlemen, seemingly off course. He does something completely different than what everybody thought was going to happen. There's this lady there who is banished from the synagogue, an alien from the commonwealth of Israel, as Peter would say it. And he stops mid-story. He stops mid-dispensation, if you please. And he heals this, this woman. And then he turns his attention back to the ruler of the synagogue's house, Jairus, and he goes and he brings her daughter back to life. That's the story. That's what we're showing. Now let me show you the beauty in this. Right here in the middle of the book of Mark, Mark chapter 5, almost the middle, right here in this grand gospel, before Paul's ministry ever begins, before the, the missionary to the Gentiles ever comes along the scene, we see a picture of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We see a picture of the work of Jesus Christ. We see a picture of what Jesus Christ does and how his, his acts and message of faith is in response to each of us. For you see, he turned first to the Jews... The Jews were his chosen people. They were the people that he chose to commit the oracles of God. They were the people that he chose on this earth to to represent initially, to go to, to give the Ten Commandments, to make the entire Old Testament about. But then out of nowhere, 400 years of silence... He comes along and he sends John the Baptist the forerunner. And as he does, he has a three and a half month year ministry, three and a half month year, three and a half year ministry. And then he dies on the cross for everyone, not just the Jews. At that point on the cross, the Jews turned their back, said, let this man's blood be upon him and all of all, all of our generations. And so now there's an undisclosed amount of time. We don't know how long it is that Jesus turns his attention to this woman, this bride, this church that has been alienated from him, cannot worship, was not chosen by him. But he turns his attention to her and he focuses on her. And he saves her. And after he says, I've made you whole, he turns his attention back to the ruler of the synagogue. So right here in the middle of the book of Mark, we've got a picture and we've got a demonstration 
of what God's going to do in the dispensation of time. He started out with the Jew. He started out speaking to the Jew, dealing with the Jew, addressing the Jew, giving the Word of God to the Jew. And now, for the past 2,000 plus years, he has turned his attention to folks like me and like you. Gentiles. Folks that have been alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, as Peter said. Folks that didn't know God, couldn't know God. We were Gentile dogs, according to the word of God. Cast offs and castaways. But he's turned his attention to us. And as he's turned his attention to us, he has healed us and saved us one by one. And then one day, out of nowhere, when he's finished making us whole, that's what he said, verse 34, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole, go in peace, and be whole of thy plague. Verse 35 is going to start. And he turns his attention back to the Jew. When he turns his attention back to the Jew, ladies and gentlemen, he's now got a bride, which is us. And his focus now is on healing them. So right there in the middle of this this gospel account of healing, right here in the middle of this situation... Jesus, ladies and gentlemen, gives us a picture of the gospel dispensation. In fact, all the dispensations, essentially, where he had a focus on the Jews, he had a focus on Jairus' daughter, he had a focus on going there and, and healing her, stops in the middle of the story and heals a woman who was excommunicated from Israel, excommunicated from the synagogue, excommunicated from worship and totally heals her and from totally healing her to then turning his attention back to the Jews. And ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be the history of mankind in relation to God. And anybody that knows anything about the Word of God, you know that history is actually his story. Isn't that beautiful? History is his story. History is not just included of Hitler and history is not just included of of uh, the revolutionary wars and the civil wars and World War II history the very name in and of itself is his story and his story is in relation to God in relation to his dealings with mankind and human he turned his attention to the Jew for 4,000 years. And at Calvary, they wanted nothing to do with him. At Calvary, they turned their back. The cross turned out not like they hoped and not like they thought it would turn. And they, they didn't want anything to do with the cross. They wanted a, a king. And so he stopped in the middle of time. And he saved people from North Carolina. He saved people from all over the United States. He saved people from all over the rest of the world. Canada, Canada Mexico, uh, Russia, Africa, Egypt, all Australia, all over the world. Red, yellow, black, and white. 
all precious in his sight. And as he saved men and women, boys and girls all over the world, he has turned his attention to us, the woman with the issue of blood. So in this story, that's who we are. The Jew is Jairus. The Jew is Jairus' daughter. The Gentile, me and you, we're the ones in the middle of this story. We're the woman with the issue of blood. We're the people with a blood problem. We're the people with a sin problem. And he goes and he makes us whole. And when he makes us whole, when the church is made up as a whole, when it's finally completed and the last one gets in, he'll turn his attention back to the Jew. And he'll redeem her. And notice what he does for Jairus' daughter. He brings her back to life. And that's what he'll do for the Jew. He's going to bring them back to life. And he'll rule and reign this entire world, the entire government, the entire world system from Israel. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the gospel within the gospel. That is an, a story within a story, a miracle within a miracle, a dispensation within a dispensation. That is Mark chapter 5, verses 22 through 43. I love that story. It's a beautiful account in the Word of God. That is a, the gospel within the gospel. Hope you have a great evening. Hope you've been, enjoyed our time together. I love each one of you. We'll see you Sunday morning, 9.30 a.m. Good night and God bless.